Since recording this episode, we've learned of the death of Carrie Fisher, the actress who played Princess Leia. She will be remembered for both fighting the Empire and fighting her own personal battles, and her cadence for talking about them. Star Wars is one of our favorite movies. Even uh, Guillermo can agree with this. And the princess added a whole new dimension to them. Carrie Fisher is responsible for creating that strong, independent, emotionally deep female archetype that is still striving for mainstream acceptance today. Carrie Fisher defined what a role model could be, even with her shortcomings. She will be greatly missed. <laughs> And welcome to the Down in Front Podcast. I would love to... Well, no, don't be like that. Um, I'm super excited because there's a bunch of stuff. I would say uh, happy holidays, happy birthdays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, and happy Hanukkah, and happy almost New Year. There's a lot of good stuff. That's true. Happy Life Day. Yeah. It'll probably be New Year. Boxing Day. My name is Warren. I will be your host this evening. We have obviously a lot of people here, but the first, the person that I'm going to introduce is our first ever Skype guest, all the way from Golden Valley, Minnesota. We have Derek. You're waving your hand, Derek? They can't I love see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a Skype call. I'm waving my hand because everyone can see me in the room. Hi. <laughs> it's great to be um, on the podcast. Thank you, Warren. Uh, thank you for coming on. I'm super excited, especially about our particular feature that we're going to talk about today, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Derek, tell me about um, your favorite holiday movie or your favorite holiday sort of drink. Uh, sure. Well, my favorite holiday drink is um, wine. red wine. Yes. <laughs> red wine of, of any kind. You can actually read more about it on our um, our blog, Friends with Blends. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's plugging yeah. early. Uh, we review a lot of, of wine. So that's my, that's my favorite holiday drink. Uh, my favorite holiday movie is a combination of Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Um, which is better? many, many, many reasons. Home Alone, uh, Yes, um, that's true. For, um, for a, a John Williams score, so yeah. um, Home Alone is a yearly tradition of mine, and I am sure to watch it every Christmas, so that would be my pick. Nice. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to keep going with this uh, round table. We're going to go to the person to my right. Uh, we have Josh. What's going on, Josh? Hey. Okay. Uh, uh, what guys, the- <laughs> and moving Favorite holiday movie and uh, favorite holiday drink, or what you're drinking? Uh, well, right now I'm drinking a, a cider, the Lake Hopper. 
Um, but my favorite holiday drink every time it comes around, I, I love me a good eggnog. Especially Brooke's eggnog. Oh, so right. good. It was so good. If everybody so knows. I miss that. The lovely Brooke Borden. Yeah. I showed up at that party at 3.30 in the morning and stayed until <laughs> about 7. It was you, awesome. You know what? Eggnog is just delicious in general. Um, but every holiday, I mean, I pretty much have to watch A Christmas Story. Oh, yes. It's, I love it's, that movie. It's tradition. <laughs> That's the only one that really stuck around for me. It repeats all day from the twenty third on throughout. Isn't that crazy? It's so good, and I watch it. I was watching so much of it. I was like I can't. I can't right now. I'm but that's it for me. Cool. <laughs> and I would say that I got some gifts for some people's here. This one here is for Josh as a happy birthday, Uh-oh. Merry Christmas thing. Oh. Oh. So feel free to open that up. You have to describe it because a we're on the podcast and b Derek can't see you. Uh, I've got some white Reese's. I feel like that's a little racist. <laughs> More white Reese's and a lollipop. And we've also got some uh, Stormtrooper lollipops, which I'm super excited about now. Nice. Awesome. Tupac. Thank you. You're welcome. Sure, sure. Happy birthday. And all the other stuff. I and all the other things. Uh, to his right, we have Mr... Guillermo. 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 Uh, last year we did non-traditional, so we did like Gremlins, Die Hard, uh, Lethal Weapon, and I don't remember the other one, but there were like the non-traditional ones. Um, and then on the 25th, I watched Prometheus and Alien, because I saw the trailer for Covenant, and I got pumped about the Alien world again, so I saw that. Uh, favorite drink? We have a version of eggnog back home. Uh, that is better than eggnog. So really, yeah. What's it called in Spanish? Is this with the coconut stuff? In? Yeah, it's with the coconut. What's it called in Spanish? Uh, coquito. It's coquito. Delicious. Yeah. Well, then why didn't you bring it over here? Because I don't know how to make it. I want to. Oh, that's not. That's not, that's not an excuse. He can only speak Spanish. He yeah. can't read it. I can't read it. But it's really good. Also got a gift for you. Aw, thank you, buddy. You can open and describe it. I try to get some personalized gifts for people. Because he's crazy. Chuck one more. Oh, Goya. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That is definitely for my mom. And some whiskey. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, no problem. This is really good. Yeah, no, I, I, I laughed. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> the cash register, she was like, okay. okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Thank you, dude. And to his right, we have uh, the good old Mike. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, what's happening, guys? Good to see you. Um, I think uh, for my favorite drink, I'll go classic. Good old hot cocoa. Uh, nothing even fancy That's about true. it. Just a good old... Cup of hot chocolate. My, uh, you want some marshmallows? In yeah, that was what I was going to say. Uh, no, I'm more of a whipped cream guy. Ooh, yeah. There you go. Dude, my, my mom for Christmas, uh, my dad got her some Godiva hot nice. chocolate, so we were drinking the good stuff for a day and a half. 
What's the bad spot? <laughs> like Nestle powder. Oh, Nestle. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's certainly like, and you make it with water too. It's mm, no, you gotta have some dairy in there. You can you can put milk in the Nestle stuff, right? You can, but if you're real, you you can, but it's it's I think it's supposed to be with one. It's supposed to be with water, and two. Well, no one who's like drinking Nestle hot chocolate is making it with milk. That is, that is a water requirement. Fair. Um, in terms of my favorite holiday movie, uh, the mo- I, I guess I think I said this last year, but I, I'll go with the, the movie I watch every year, uh, Cool Runnings. Uh, literally, they make one Santa Claus reference, and uh, apparently that was good enough because 20 years ago we started watching it, uh, me and my family, every <laughs> single Christmas Eve. And I think we've watched it every single year for 20 plus years. That's awesome. Um, also, I got a shout out, Die Hard. Uh, just came from Buddy's house and we were watching that as a oh, post Christmas. That's, that's why right. I was late. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Dude, I had to see what happened to Hans Gruber. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! He died. Also, I have a gift for you, Michael. Oh no! Really? I don't like these. It's for like late birthdays and all sorts. Of- <sighs> I had a birthday six months ago. <laughs> Such a liar. You have to describe it. Oh my god, it's Captain America <laughs> the Pez. I'm gonna have him Show something. Derek, you're in front of the camera. Great, thank you. I feel like I'm Skyping my grandmother. Like, <laughs> We're also talking to all the Ryan Dowds. And, and I got some Mike and Ike's, which I find this appropriate because my name is Mike. <laughs> and then also. What are these? Good job, Lauren. Good job. I got whiskey. Nice. <laughs> It's a plastic bottle. You know me so well. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't, I, is it easy twist off? Oh, is it childproof? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even buy the, my wine I'm drinking right now. I didn't buy the cork wine because I was like, mm, we can't be bothered no. tonight. <laughs> it's too scary. There's too much Star Wars to yell about. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, and to his right, we have the man, the myth, the legion. Uh, not the legion, but the legend. Uh, Jesse? I love that you stick with the theme. I try. Keep wanting it. <laughs> I try. Uh, my favorite Christmas drink is none other than a gin and tonic. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I haven't actually had a gin and tonic this winter season, but it hasn't really been feeling like winter. Fair. Like, there's no snow. It hasn't <laughs> dropped below 30. Like, no. but it's it has. Uh, one second. One second. That doesn't count. It's been under 30 but all day today. Gin and tonic, it tastes like pine and bubbles. And, yeah. Ah, it's my favorite. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which uh, Josh and I watched on Christmas Eve. He mentioned that earlier. He had never seen it before. It still holds up. It's like 100 Freaking, years old. What I love about that movie is how dense it is. Yeah. Like, every single scene is referenced later on. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, this one scene stacks up to the next one, stacks up... It's a two-hour, 15-minute years plus, Yeah, right? uh... It's in the 46. No, it is the year after World War II. Yeah, so 46. 46. Wow. Um, so it's one year after World War II, which is, like, a quintessential, like, Christmas-timey yeah. kind of era. And I... It's funny because I rewatched it again, and this is probably the tenth time I've seen it. But now it's been a couple of years since the last time I saw, and yeah, it's like every single scene sets up the next scene, yeah. it sets up the next moment, and I don't know, I it made me really fall in love with it again. And I even laughed at some bits, like some it's of the good. stuff where, like, she loses her towel in the bush, and he's like, "Oh, what a predicament!" Like, it's funny, like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's you know. Anyway, that's yeah. my favorite Christmas movie. Your gift is in the mail. So I apologize for that, but it's coming. Mine's being mailed. It is. It's gonna be fancy, real fancy. 
To his right. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't hear that. To, to his right, we have the Brylin. How's it going, Brylin? How's it going? Ursula! <laughs> you know the scoop. Yep. So, what I'm drinking right now is heavily recommended by Friends with Blends and Warren and Derek and everybody. Hashtag sip to that. Warren. Hashtag <laughs> sip of that. Hashtag sip to that. Uh, is uh, Apothic Red. And believe the hype, folks. This is very smooth. This is very uh, flavorful. And it's definitely one of the best reds I've had. So thank you for the recommendations. Uh, my favorite, you can't go wrong with one. You can't go wrong with one. Uh, my favorite holiday drink would have to be like homemade eggnog. Not the carton stuff. But when someone gets a good bottle of booze and some eggs and they mix them together, have that nice little separation in the bowl, and you just dip it in. Have a cup of your cup for yourself. It's awesome. Uh, for my holiday movie, the one that my uh, family always watched growing up was Miracle on 34th Street, the 1947 edition. Ooh, old nice. school. Yeah. And this one starred a very young Natalie Wood as the kid that doesn't really believe in Santa Claus, but believes at the end. And still has, to this day, one of the best... Um, renditions of Santa Claus I've seen in a movie. So this guy has... Like the way he looks? The way he looks, he has a natural beard. It's not too crazy or anything. But it's also just a very nice heartwarming tale of uh, the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of Santa and what I've it means to people. It. It's a great movie. Really? You should definitely watch it. Did you ever it. see the remake? I've never seen the remake really? either. No. Right now. I mean, it definitely has uh, one of the most... One of my favorite lines is when a fake Santa gets drunk during the Macy's Day Parade and he says the guy's gotta do something to keep warm he has a bottle of whiskey with him and stuff so it's a it's a great movie alrighty I got for my gift Big Sour Patch Kids because first you're sour with you hating Civil War oh, but you're gonna be sweet on this one right? I will so I got some Yoohoo Candy Bars what? Milk Chocolate Dang <laughs> Just because I say Yoohoo a lot? That's, that's correct. <laughs> that, that's good. Good. <laughs> so you can have some toboggan finally. Uh, toboggan. And I got a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Wait, did you right. steal those bottle of whiskey from the plane? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. Dude, you bad one's on David Blaine. Derek just got sounded comfortable. He's like, oh my god. A bottle of whiskey's on the Hey, Derek, check under your right arm. Check under your chair. <laughs> Thank David you, Blaine, stop putting stuff in our mouths. <laughs> but lastly, uh, I'm Warren. I am currently drinking Apothic Red also. Hashtag sip to that. I'm at Friends with Blends. Uh, my favorite uh, holiday drink is actually from this year. And Derek knows about it. It's called Glühwein. It's from Germany. And it's phenomenal. Basically, it's heated up red, a bunch of different red breads. Uh, but then you also add orange, and you add cor- uh, you add clove, you add nutmeg, and you add cinnamon. And you just let that simmer for about six hours, um, and then you actually kind of sip today. So you add a little bit of sugar if you like it, like That's, brown sugar isn't stuff. Isn't that like super like European though? Well, yeah, it's it's yeah, German. It's mold no, no, but I think it's, it's mold wine. Mold yeah, wine. yeah, but, it, yeah, but it's glue wine is the actual like name of it. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I remember. Um, we went to this uh, French people's house like a couple of years back, and they had that. So good. And it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's an I, interesting taste. I had about eight or nineteen glasses. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I, had, I had about four. They had a party, and I was like trying to drink this stuff. Oh, it was delicious. It's definitely an interesting taste. 
No, it tastes. I feel like it tastes like heated up red wine, which red wine is already pretty heated, like kind of room temperature. Yeah. But then you have to add like the other like flavors and spices to it, which is really good. So yeah. it's kind of like Hunch Punch, but adult Hunch Punch. So yeah. Um, and my favorite holiday movie. I know somebody said. Um, did anybody say Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, no. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas is up there. Um, as well as somebody already said this other one, but my f absolute favorite is Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, dude! Yeah, so Guillermo I watched Sola. it. Yeah. I saw yeah. it for the first time yesterday. So good. Which I never like catch that it's not Santa Claus. It's the, Sa the Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah. Like legal Claus. I Wait, found that really? to be yeah. 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 He had never not, heard of that before. Yeah. I know. It's, it's not the Santa Claus. My favorite movie. It's Santa Claus, as in. The Santa Claus, like it, the legal wow. claws. Yeah. This movie is wow. phenomenal. Yeah, I've exactly, watched it right? so many times to the point it where still holds up. It's at, oh, it still yeah. holds up. Me and I my sister it. would come home like in the middle of the day, like randomly when it was snowing in New York, and we would just watch that movie every day. And other than Matilda, those are the only two movies I can know that like I can memorize all the actual words behind. You know what's really impressive about that Wait, movie? Wait, you too? have all of the Santa Claus memorized? <clears throat> yeah, that and Matilda. <laughs> you know what's really interesting about that movie? How good Tim Allen is as a comedian. Like, his delivery is perfect. So, especially when he's, like, getting introduced to these new things and, uh... Oh, my gosh. When he gets arrested... Uh, we're not... We're, we can, I, I can, I'm gonna be it's lost in that movie. one. It's a good movie. I watched um, that yesterday, too. Um, let's move a, a bit... Let's change into gears and talk about our feature title. It's Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Um... Directed by Gareth Edwards, uh, also stars Felicity Jones, Diego Luna. I did not realize Alan Tudyk. 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 Excuse me, was in this movie. But I, that was, when I saw yeah. it in the credits, I was so excited because I was like, he has such an amazing range. Yeah. King Candy. He's uh, what's his face from Firefly? I didn't see Firefly. Wash. You didn't watch Firefly? Wash. Hold on, we need. We need to stop right here. <laughs> Lauren has not watched I have not Firefly, seen but which Derek, is a have, tragedy. You seen, have you seen Firefly, Derek? No, but you should really talk to, ah! to the third Friends of Plans member, Megan, about this. Oh, she'll, she'll right. give you a lot of info about that. Warren, your homework she is to watch Firefly. Firefly. Yeah, she does. Well, she has better taste than you two. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, that's kind of rude. But, uh, Wait. So Steve the Pirate was in this? Yeah, that's Alan Tudyk. That's Alan Tudyk. I've never, seen, had, I've never no, seen Firefly. All I know him is Steve the Pirate. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's good. He he's phenomenal. the most amazing range. I haven't seen Firefly yet. He's King Candy in uh, <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Wait, is only one person he's seen Firefly here? In Firefly. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's watching Firefly. He's uh, whatever the robot's name is. K2S. Yep. R2D2? God, not, not he, he has done so many amazing things. He's so underrated. Alan Tudyk, my hero. <laughs> apparently, by the way, while we're on a Tudyk rant right now, um, apparently um, they were on a red carpet and Anthony Daniels was on the same red carpet and uh, Anthony Daniels just found out that um, all he had to do, because there's these great bloopers of Anthony Daniels, who's the guy, actor who played C-3PO, <laughs> in the C-3PO clunky, like, suit, like, falling over and hitting his head against stuff because he couldn't see anything. In Tunisia, for credit Right, right, in, like, in, like, 90 to 100 degree weather. It's the hottest summer they ever had. Um, apparently, so, Tudyk, all he had to do was motion capture and, like, you know, the ball suit, and they did all the things as a voiceover work. Apparently, on this red carpet, uh, Anthony Daniels walked up to Tudyk and just goes, fuck you, man, and walked away. <laughs> 
I would do the same thing. <laughs> All right, so let's move into it. Let's talk about Rogue One. I feel like there's going to be a hefty, sort of meaty sort of topic. Um, we're going to roll into a lot of different stuff. So if you haven't listened to one of our episodes before um, at Down in Front Podcast, we don't really care too much about spoilers. We're going to go right into it. So if you haven't actually watched the actual um, movie, I would definitely stop this episode for right now. Go watch the movie, What's Wrong With You, and then come back and then we'll pick up and I'll say I'm sorry. So um, let's get into, uh, right into the gun. Let's talk about some wins, um, some general feelings, overall thoughts. I know we have a bunch of notes here. Guillermo has two novels here, so I'm going to go ahead and skip that. <laughs> yeah, mine is um, one. Megan also has a novel, so I'll go ahead and uh, sift through that for a second. But let's start with the uh, mic here. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll keep it somewhat short. Uh, honestly, uh, for in terms of like leading up to this, I was just determining on how long I was going to scream non-determinately into the microphone <laughs> for my, my wins because I was blown away by this movie. Um, the first thing that I, I thought that came, I came away, and it started off right in the beginning, um, I thought the gray character motivation was like a huge win where... You literally, you could see it from both sides, and you could understand where both sides were coming from. Uh, they have that great line uh, between Krennic and um, Orso that uh, Krennic said, hey, we're looking to do peace, um, and then Orso was say, hey, that's terror, and then Krennic said, hey, how can you have one without the other? And I, I really thought you could see that, like, I understood that this is a person that, although his viewpoint was flawed fundamentally did want to better the world around him. Yeah. He's um, very similar to like Hans Landa and Inglorious Bastards. Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. He had he's a job a, to do and he's he an wanted, administrator. Right. He wanted to maintain order. And I thought that it really, really did a great job of of not portraying everyone as pure evil and like made the Empire seem like bureaucrats who just had a, something, a job to do, if you will, and then the rebels, they, I guess they had the moral backing, but, like, I thought it was a great... Uh, one of the standout scenes for me was the scene where the Empire is rolling through Jeddah City, um, and, I don't know, I've seen CNN the last 15 years, I've seen that scene on that programming a million times mm -hmm. with American soldiers walking through Baghdad or Mosul or pick any one of those those countries' big cities. And it was the exact same thing, but yet from this side, the way that it was narrated was that we're supposed to root for the guys in the rags and root with the stolen for the guys in the stolen weapons and root for the guys with the IEDs. And I thought that was very interesting. Like I found myself questioning and saying like, hey the rebels are just terrorists, like, you know, and, like, they're they're killing people that, like, maybe, from the Empire that maybe didn't decide to be there, but, like, signed up for this war machine and really had no control over the life because they had nothing else to do. And I thought it was, a, it made me question, like, obviously I'm going to root for the idiots, like, the scruffy nerf herders that are out there, you know, like, I'm going to root for the rebels, but I thought it did a really good job of, of like, showing the other side of that. Um... Sorry, uh, any reaction first? Any agreeance, disagreeance? <laughs> I, no, I, it's good. I, go ahead. I mean, it's good to see, like, even the Rebellion's going to take risks. They're going to do things they probably know are not the morally right thing to do, but it's going to be the thing that gets results. 
Uh, like uh, Dago Luna's character just shooting the informant straight right there because he's just keeping him back. And it's not a choice of, is this the morally right thing to do? It's like, oh shit, I, I'm about to blow my cover. I got to keep my cover. And it's that he has to do what he has to do in order to maintain information throughout the rebellion. And it's also great to see that, hey, the rebellion is still not like a super organized group. I mean, they have the group that considers themselves the organized arm of the rebellion, but you also have Saul uh, Guerrero's group, which, yeah, they hate the Empire, but the rebellion wants nothing to do with them because they're considered too extreme in their uh, in their in the way they handle things. I think to distill what you're saying is... It did a really good job of showing that there is not black and white in the Star Wars universe. That there is a gray area. Um, that there are those characters who come in and uh, some of their missions may not be necessarily morally correct. They may be killing people who are innocent, but they're trying to protect their own cause. Or characters who are doing things for the right reason, but they're taking it way too far. Like Forrest Whitaker's character just takes things way too far, mm, yeah. and he's an extremist. So I think this movie did a really good job of breaking it down from the black and white that we saw in the original trilogy and making it a little more gray. Yeah, I was going to say, we never got the pure gray. Well, like, we, had a, we have a smuggler. You know, Han Solo is, is an outlaw. If this was on planet Earth, like... Again, you'd be the guy on CNN that, you know, the cops are bringing in, you know, like in his underwear and a wife beater and like three in the morning high on PCP. Like that's who Han Solo would be if he was on planet Earth. And yet we never saw him in a negative light in the original trilogy, which I I mean, I don't want to wreck. I love Han Solo. Han Solo. I was more of a Han Solo guy than a Luke Skywalker guy. Um, But I thought it was a really interesting take that they, they spun it to that area. And the small thing I wanted to kind of add is that Cassian, or Diego Luna's character, he even says a line in which, like, he disobeyed a direct order from the uh, from the actual, like, the rebels. He disobeyed the order, and the rebels was already telling him to, to go kill this man. He's mm. like, I, I don't I don't want to do that. And we've already been known, like, everything that we know is that they, they stand for good, they stand for good. Um, but, you know, this is obviously kind of before that. So I do like that inner sort of turmoil that he was really feeling because now he's getting closer to Felicity Jones' character or um, Jen Urso. Yeah. Um, he now was, felt really torn because he was like, well, she, uh, I, I'm not in t- I don't really want to do this. And it was a really difficult sort well, of decision. Let's talk him. about that for a second. Uh, amen for no ham-fisted like, relationship. Yeah, they had so many, so many options. Like honestly, like I I know some people might try and say, "Hey, that scene at the end." But like, if I was staring at a nuclear bomb, that wasn't that wasn't romance. That wasn't romance. Like, hey, I respect you. You respect me. Yeah, I just it's just what's up there. Yeah, like I totally agree with that. Like when when they were ending, I was like, if they if they uh, shove uh, a last kiss into this scene with the Death Star blowing up the end. Of, of uh, you know Scarif, that would that would have had no setup and totally no reason for yeah. them to have any chemistry at all. And there's a lot that plays into um, Jin's character where she's not she's not pandering or or, or or going after some guy. And she's she's just not that's not her priority. Her priority is to 
complete this mission and um, and and find her dad and and sort of vindicate him. Um, and she doesn't need another dude to do that, which which I love. Um, yeah. It's it's not like you know like you have Katniss in the Hunger Games where she's trying to choose between two guys and you're like, come on, just like focus on what you need to do. And you're like, oh my goodness, I like this other guy too. Um, like there's none of that. So I love when, you know, they, they had sort of a, a very stereotypical lighting and like the, the music was swelling and they're like, oh, they're totally going to kiss. I'm like, I'm really glad they didn't because that would have just ruined the moment for me. Yeah, they, they took a lot of like big like, anti-Hollywood... I mean, they, they did a lot of Hollywood stuff in there, but they, they did a lot of, like, tr- you know, the traditional Hollywood films do, and I think foregoing that relationship was a really powerful thing to show, I guess, kind of your main characters. I, I view this more of as an ensemble film, and I think the marketing somewhat skewed my view on that, because I think it marketed it as a Jane Erso film, and it wasn't. It was, a, it was an ensemble piece. It was, definitely. Um, the the kind of go, like, hand-in-hand hand with that... Um, I thought that killing everyone was an amazing, like, they left, they took this story that, like, potentially could have all these, like, well, why don't they ever reference this person, you know, this, like, insane rebel general, you know, in the, the next couple movies, and they just ended it. They just said, like, ah, they're dead. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no loose ends. Yeah. You know that I, I, I walked out of the movie, and I was talking to Millie, and then all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, oh, be, wait, wait. They all died. Mm-hmm. Like when it all fit when it actually ended. I was like, oh man, it would be. Wait, no, they all like I, like I don't know why I didn't realize until I was actually talking about it, and then it hit me like, fuck, it makes so much sense now. Yeah, that they're all yeah. dead. It's like convenient because you don't you don't need to continue their stories, but at the same time. It's neat because their stories are continued. Well, and the right. characters that do continue, like Mon Mothma and, and you know, uh, Bale and Tilly's like off screen. You're like, okay, I understand, like, those continue, but um, the main characters are the rebel spies, and that's it. But it's even more poignant. Like, that's the word poignant. Yeah, because yeah. then, then you don't, like, they, like, they did this huge thing for the, for the rebel alliance. And nobody knows about it. Well, I think that's well, what... I mean, well, there they, are a few they know about it. Well, they know about it. Well, they, well, they don't, don't know the team. The yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. know the characters. They don't know why they did it. Well, or like, what was, like, what was the, the struggle behind it? It was a one line in the movie. <clears throat> well, that's it's just right? like there was this team that stole the death I, When I wrote plans. the whole thing today, I was uh, one of the things that I like about it is that they made it into a movie what... It's essentially a two-second conversation. Like, yeah, they stole the plants and it was fun. Yeah. Here, here are the plants. Well, some can't be. Yeah, you know? they can't like be member buried. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're, you can't be member buried about it. Like, it's one of those where you're like, member scared. Yeah. <laughs> I did like, that. Yeah, they did it and it was cool. Let's move forward. Like, it's yeah. it's so cool that they. Well, did but it that. also showed, and I think going back to the the whole thing about like how many how many times I've seen that scene on Jetta and on CNN is that there are so many young men and women who do heroic things and evil things every single day on this planet that you will never hear about. Yeah, and that's, I think, I think one of the deep. things that, like, I, I really, honestly, and Derek can attest to this, I really wasn't excited about the Star Wars stories. I, I wanted a new episode. I remember we, t- we were talking about this. I wanted a new episode every two years about the yeah. Force and about... 
Sith and Jedi and lightsabers and awesome. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're going to do like a non-story and just make it this like random thing. I was like, well, that's dumb. That's overexposure. And it really, it like, it really, it was incredible. It really I mean, they showed. Could still mess it up. They could, yeah, they, they could still mess it up. But, but this gave it, this gave me life on Han Solo. Yeah, some hope. I hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Oh. Uh, but it, this one gave me hope that they literally will just sit down and say, hey, let's talk about, let's take one line out of the original trilogy and just make a story about that. And make it inconsequential, consequential, but show a day in the life of someone that we've never heard of in yeah. the trilogy. Yeah. Um, on the side note, uh, Megan completely agrees with all the uh, stuff we've been talking about for Jin and Cassian. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where when Cassian called her out for basically living in the gray area... Um, and then Jin called him out for basically being a star trooper. It was very interesting, uh, like that particular kind of relation. Um, and I know we mentioned this before. She says on a final note, um, but the beach scene in the end reminded her of Westworld. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, so that's Megan's Megan's notes. Megan's take. Megan. Me, excuse me, Megan with sixteen minutes. <laughs> um, Megan's take. And do you mind if I close this down for a sec? Well, well like that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that in this movie. The struggle of the Rebel Alliance actually felt real. Um, I feel like in Force Awakens, the the actual thing that the Rebels were doing wasn't important. It was more like, let's shove the fucking stories that... Let's do the member berries. You're not fucking, dealing with, you know, Luke, you're not dealing you know with the Rebels. Actually, fucking to, Luke and then fucking to be, Kylo to be Ren. Guillermo and like... Yeah, I know you kind of giggle at it but it actually did make the rebel like their whole storyline feel more real like they were the underdogs yeah Mm. they felt like the underdogs in this movie and it felt more like a new hope where it was like you're overpowered yep but you're going to rise up above them is that is that because and just quick question for you two i'm not entirely sure of derek's thoughts but is that because you already know the ending to this movie no no i just want i just felt like they actually introduced it well where it was like you're this insurgent just you're this little force but you can bring about big change. And then the disagreements yeah. between okay. between the council, like, should we do this? I don't know if we should do this. They're just having a general yeah. grievance yeah. between the council? Right. Nah. Yeah, the thing about Force Awakens is, is they they sort of have the um, the First Order become the rebels, yeah. and it's flipping that around because they want the First Order to, to be the underdogs. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, so, you're talking about uh, Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. So, the thing is, I think it's, it's it's a struggle because um, when the alliance or the new republic is is now the the ranking order like the the reigning order um, to then flip that around is is um, you know it's it's sort of like hey they they are the the crown of the universe they're respected um, and maybe that's why like the the attack on the star killer base was sort of an afterthought in that movie because um, like oh they they can do this like okay great they did this. Um, the thing about the thing going back to Rogue One, I think is is good is it advances Star Wars, but it doesn't advance the Star Wars story because yeah. the Force Awakens needs to needed to advance the story um, by introducing um, Luke again. Um, but this one um, advances Star Wars in a way that you know we have new visuals, we have new experimentation with modern cinema, uh, we have 
new effects. Um, um, so it sort of branches out that way, where the Force Awakens couldn't really do that. I, I think that Rogue One um, really won on, on many, many fronts. Uh, I, like Blue, was ready to be disappointed, um, but was pleasantly and, and overwhelmingly surprised by how good it really was. And I, and I like went out of the movie grinning, which is, has not happened in a long time uh, with the Star Wars film. Nice. Cool. I, uh, so just to wrap up, two last wins. I liked how there was absolutely no references to Force Awakens. I thought they did an amazing job of referencing both the old tri- trilogies. Like, getting Jimmy Smith back that was is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Was like, like, yes, give me more of him. Like, he, he was good. <laughs> he looks the that same, too, really which is weird. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that dude um, never... Oh, he doesn't but, grow old. He's, so, he's also in this show on The Get Down. He looks the exact same really? in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He never gets But old. so, I thought they did a great job of bridging those gaps. Like, even having uh, Mustafar, like, in there as Vader's, yes. like, home planet was like, oh my god, this is, this is the transition. This is the stuff they never... This was the plot holes that we were talking about that, like... You know, saying, hey, if they do Rogue One and leave a couple characters alive, why weren't they in the next movies? Like, yeah. this was that transition of, like, well, why did they never talk about this from this? Well, it happened in Rogue One. I like um, that Mustafar is the only planet they don't give a credit to. Yeah, yeah, it's just ambiguous. Just like, you know what this is. Yeah. So, and <laughs> yes. so, on the flip side of it, one thing I was very happy about was that Jane Erso wasn't, like, Ray's mom. Look, we got nothing to do right. with yeah. the new trilogy. And I thought that was like, you know, because again, you have these movies coming out every year. It's so easy to have, okay, you had BB 8. Well, all right, maybe like uh, Diego Luna's uh, character built baby BB 8, so then you can sell more BB 8 toys this time. Oh, I know. You know, this, yeah, this. Yeah, this. So it's like, it's like you had a very obvious marketing opportunity that I'm very glad that they didn't touch on. And as a last win, oh my God, because again, Derek and I were talking about this, uh, it felt like they played video games. The, uh, Gareth Edwards played video the, games. The Battlefront? Oh, ba- Battlefront, Knights of the Old Republic. Totally. Uh, Rogue Squadron. The whole scene when they're flying in on the, uh, oh, in like the rainy, the rainy planet. From the first Rogue Squadron. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're like, they're like, stay low, here's the shuttle landing. The sneak in, the, yeah. Yeah, they, there was, there was so many, oh, and uh, what, what's it called? I think this is the first time you ever got to see in films why wings drop proton bombs like that was exclusively something that <laughs> happened in the in the video games like they're like oh well they're the bombers so they should drop bombs and then the x-wings got the, the torpedoes like this one they totally were like all right well let's take everything that we learned from a video game including the force unleashed which i think we should talk about at it's the end of our wins win section because Hello. yes Sorry, that was that was my wins. I I was screaming through this entire film, but <laughs> the, the one thing about video games though is I've never seen an ion cannon from a Y wing be that effective against a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. No, you you oh, took you took. If it, it was talking about that that final battle scene where the walkers were just getting destroyed by every fucking X wing yeah, no, that's coming no, by. Talking about the Y wings like shooting two ion cannons. No, but it, against a medical frigate, it was three passes, and so if it was. Three <laughs> Three Y wings, they would have hit him with the how three passes. You, wait, hold up. How are you getting this detail of her? <laughs> oh, dude, dude, my dude, goodness. Honestly, man, like once you have to disable a couple medical frigates, you remember how many times That's it takes. Like, oh, <laughs> you were flying in this slow ass bomber and you had to hit that thing. You had to like come in very yeah. slow and like somehow nail the midsection of it. 
You, you remember. You remember. I, do, I do thoroughly enjoy that. Actually, I, I also enjoyed that particular part of the scene that they use their own ship to like maneuver and then ram the other ship to then take... Oh, man, that was... Oh, that, that was something new, too. That was anybody, awesome just to know that. Does anybody know if this movie has had less budget than Force Awakens? I can look it up. I have no idea. Cool thing about those hammerheads is... Uh, those were actually captured in the movie? Star Wars yeah. Rebels cartoons. Oh, yeah, really well, that's, a, that's something... That's something that I... I So I am... I, like, try and self-describe as, like, a huge Star Wars fan, but I've never seen the cartoon series, and I've heard that there was a lot of references to the cartoon series in this movie. That that just went over my head because I've never seen it. Uh, the budget for this movie is $200 million. Budget for Force Awakens... Three hundred six million. That's so interesting because this movie, it almost got all his money smaller. back in the opening weekend. Like this yeah. movie felt felt like uh, episode four in that it felt smaller. Well, funny. Like it felt like you know what I'm saying. Like it felt like fun fact about that but, one. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was, was more char- It was character like, driven. It was like oh, they 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 they're not going over like overhead with like oh yeah, it's like a huge. Hollywood blockbuster and blah, blah blah like even the CGI of that um, of the destroyer on top of the on on that um, well they built miniatures right I think they did uh, some miniature shots. well I mean I don't know how they did it but it looked fucking gorgeous well I but, think but that's how they did it better. in A New Hope yeah well yeah. I think it looked even better than a Force Awakens so I, like the CGI in this movie I think it was prettier than no, two, that's two things first of all uh, one the hammerhead Corvette went down with the Star Destroyers I don't know if anyone talking about sacrifices and young people every day that thing went down no. second of all uh, one thing that I loved is they actually found old stock footage because yeah. I know Brown's about to go into a diatribe about how good the CGI looked and so I'll give him that in a second but they found stock footage from the original films so Red Leader and Gold Leader yes. were the original Red yeah. and Gold Leader oh, from A New Hope and so the, but that's why it explains why Blue went down and Green what Green got pretty much erased and Red 5 got destroyed and Red 5 got destroyed but which I mean how could you not have a pork and shot one that's a huge loss. But uh, should have it figures into my end grid. Um, oh, my head here. But uh, but yeah. So the the reason that they they looked like old school seventies guys and like the reason that blue like gear they had yeah, old school gear no but that like was the original that was too. literally it was literally the the it's old like cutting stock room footage. floor yeah they footage. took it and that they, is amazing yeah so it that's why it was beautiful yeah that's so good but so yeah. that's speaking of like effects that looked like they were in the seventies. I think yeah. there was some stuff that looked a little bit later than that. Yeah, uh, just going off of what Derek and uh, Blood are saying about the effects is this is a fucking beautiful movie, uh, visually. And, I mean, this is one of those movies where you gotta say effects have taken a turn to go forward. Like, it's one of those landmark, cornerstone effects movies. Like, you're gonna see a lot more movies try to replicate what they're doing. Uh, so what I mean we've seen in the past like in Marvel movies they've done things like de-aging characters or adding characters that are very human like as CG mm-hmm. but the what they do with Tarkin oh and gosh. what they do with Leia it blew my mind Dude, I knew so it was CG but it's fourth me, wall breaking, breaking that I was like this is CG but I believe Tarkin is here again. Yeah. So he's back from the dead. Yeah. It's ridiculous how yeah. good it was that they did this. And this the space battle is fantastic space battles. Um, 
It is very dynamic. Uh, the stuff on the land looks just as good as the stuff in space, which is, I think, is a first. Usually, like, the land stuff is, like, kind of iffy, but the space stuff was always solid. But this is, like, everything was visually on point. Uh, even when it's, like, shot in the rain, shot on a beach, shot in a cityscape. Everything looked the way it should, and it felt like a lived-in place. So uh, kudos to the effects team for like just putting everything together, because it was ridiculous. I didn't I, even realize that Tarkin was dead. No, he, he died like... He died the years The New Hope came out. I, I, that's what, like, I, that's what I thought. He's been like 20 years. That, but that's what I thought, but, but like, like watch this movie and 20. me not... Like, he literally, this is how much I try to ignore all yeah, this stuff. I just completely that forgot. So I watched it, I was like, oh, cool. Like... He's alive. I get it. All right. And but then when they hit me with the lay, I was like, "Wait, hold up, hold up, hold, <laughs> hold on." Something's not right. Something's not right. I, my brain couldn't wrap around. I was like, maybe they did like a de- no. She's she's not. Which hopefully Carrie Fisher's okay because she actually had a heart attack on the yeah. plane. Mm-hmm. So I know that she was in stable condition. Yeah, she's, she's, Carrie she's, Fisher. she's still yeah. in the ICU, but she's stable. Yeah. So, but that part freaked me out. I thought they were gonna end with just. The, the shot facing the back of her head and like everyone in the theater yeah. knows who that is yeah. so no yeah. need to turn around and then she turned around and I was like oh my god <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> could not believe it but then like even after like right uh, before that scene was by far I think my one of my favorite scenes in the movie we'll get to that one a little bit later mm-hmm. um, but what else you got Bradley? Uh, other thing I had was it was great to see Mads Mikkelsen in a non-villain role He's so for good. first time and <laughs> right? he is still great uh, he played the role of a concerned father really well, I thought, that he's like, I'm going to have to make choices for my family that are not the best choices, but it's going to protect them, and he's just thinking about their safety. Um, and every moment I thought he had on screen, it was like you could feel like that concern he had for his family, but also him uh, trying to do what he could in the position he had to help the rebellion. So I thought he was a great job, what Mads Milkison did. Uh, Krennic was fantastic in his role, just as like, hey, I'm, on, I'm an administrator. I'm not going to play as an evil person. I'm going to be like, this is my job, and I'm going to do my job. And that's basically what he did, and it comes off really well. <laughs> Uh, Tarkin was fantastic the way they just like added new words to his dialogue and stuff and were able to um, just still show that Governor Tarkin is yeah they they make him even more of a very just creepy um, just like hey anybody that Krennic is going to be scared of this is the guy that's going to just have ice water in his veins and just be ruthless as hell uh, and Vader Vader was fantastic, and I think we'll get more into Vader uh, along the way. Man, what you got? Can I take over for a second? Sure. Because I didn't review Force Awakens. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about negatives here. True, but can I take over for a second? Yeah, but... I don't think we get a choice. (laughs) Okay. So to kind of set this up... You did talk about Force Awakens twice. The episode after. Yeah, you did. The episode after you talked about it. But it wasn't like a true review, so... (laughs) I hated Force Awakens. You said you loved it at one point, and you said you hated it. I hated Force Awakens. When the, that movie ended, I was so pissed. So this one didn't have a lot of hope. And then 
I came into the theater and it was, I came in like at least 10 minutes late. So I, I, I didn't see the first 10 minutes of the movie. And I went to this theater where you can actually eat in the theater. So I couldn't really pay attention to what was happening because people were coming in and out. That's why you hated it. No, this is like this movie, Rogue One. Oh, this one? Oh, okay. And I still love this movie. This is how good this movie is. Which is in, I, impressive because I hated fucking Force Awakens. Um, we talked about a few things. We talked about a few things already that I wrote down. Uh, but one of the things that I loved about this movie was that there was no pandering to the fans. Which I feel like Force Awakens did a lot. There's uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's okay. no band. There's like the movie doesn't like revolve around like like the feeling of an all of like Luke and Leia and all these people. Like it's actually new characters and the the cameos and the things that are in it are are more of a add on than the actual like the story depends on it. <laughs> At least that's what, I mean, I don't know. You, you get something original for the first time. You get something you, original. That you wanted from episode um, seven, but you didn't get it. I really like that they respected episode four. Um, and they, did, they didn't They did really change a lot to kind of recon that. Um, and I really like that we got some uh, explanations of, like, for example, that point of failure on the Death Star is not... Stupidity on the Empire yes. is more of a rebel win. Yeah, like you that. had mm. somebody like yeah. work with the rebels and be like, yeah, I did that for you guys. So I we love can that win. part. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love that. Um, I also, I don't know why I really like that the Death Star is powered by the same crystals that the lightsabers are. I So was that mentioned before? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Okay, that's that was that was the thing because no, no, the, the necklace that she was wearing was also one of those kyber crystals. Yeah. Thank you. I know you guys. Which I absolutely love. That I'm oh, like, oh shit! So man, they're so technically cool. fi fighting with the same weapons for more or less, you know. So well, cool. it also explained how they were able to scale back the power to hit the capital ships yeah, in right? Jedi. You know, that was something that was new in Jedi. That was like, oh, I thought it would one power setting blow the whole thing up. Yeah. Huh. So, like, small things like that, to me, were really, really good. Um, I really liked the score, because it felt really familiar. Oh, we'll get into that. But it wasn't, but it wasn't the same, because at some point you do get, I get, just, I mean, oh yeah, the same score over and over and over and over. So, it, I, it had, and I don't know if, because I don't know that much about music, but you probably can tell me. Uh, <laughs> Derek if, is gonna go. Yeah, Derek Derek's, like, gonna, Derek's gonna go ham bone on this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it, Derek. Um, let's say I'm positive right now. <laughs> well, I mean, to to me, it's just it, it was cool because it was on on certain things. You're like, oh, I sort of recognize this, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And it was it was cool because you're like, oh yeah, it's like a new score. Like that's pretty nice. Um, the uh, I really like how pretty it was, and then fucking Darth Vader. I thought it was a great opening shot with Krennic standing there, and then the door goes up, and you see Vader's silhouette right. slowly it's appear. So cool. That was that was a very very good um, shot. The best intro of Vader like since. Like, <coughs> like, um, it's phenomenal. No. Uh, a new hope had a good ever. one. Yeah. No, a new hope had a good one when he came out the door after the stormtroopers. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, since Empire, chronologically. 
Um, Did he have that good of... Oh, that's... Yeah. I'm trying to think of his entrance and return. He just walked off with Sean. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, before... Which, they, to which, tell one, of the, which one of the original three movies is when they see him, like, put the, the helmet on? So that's Empire. Yeah, Empire. yeah, so I think, to me, it was more like... Oh, so he hinted on Empire that he... It, he he's not always in the suit, and then you see now, like, oh yeah, he's he's not always in the suit, so he needs to literally suit up. It also go on. It also shows how how much this war has escalated. Where he has this crazy castle where he can hang out in, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's now just chilling on capital ships because he's got to yeah. be there. He has yeah. to to like maintain some level of control over this thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I like too is that the um, like he showed. Um, like the bad guys are real bad guys again and not like this weird like Kylo trying to be like oh, I want to be like my man it's like this fucking crybaby asshole um, and then I also like how they folded this movie into four episode four mm. and essentially making episode four a, a, a four and a half hour or whatever movie yeah. Like, well, I, I finished uh, this one, and I'm like, I really want to see episode four, because it's 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 a continuation. I, I thought that's how they were going to end the prequels, with the Tantine four zooming off into hyperspace, yeah. and th- they didn't, and they did with this, and I um, really loved that. I loved it. It was pretty good. So, <laughs> Josh, a couple thoughts Summer. from you before we get into Derek. Uh, like Guillermo said, it was pretty good. I loved it. Uh, no, I actually do love this movie. Um, I could find very little fault. I think it's a really good... Uh, I, I think it did exactly what it wanted to do. It told a Star Wars story. It didn't want to be part of the bigger overarching story. It told us this part of the story. It did a great job doing it. Okay, so Derek, your yes. thoughts? Yes, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, um, like I've made very clear already. Um, uh, I love space battles. Return of the Jedi, uh, I'll say very divisively, is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, for a big part is is the space battle in Return of the Jedi. And in my opinion, this was the base, the best space battle um, in a Star Wars film since Return of the Jedi. So amazing, when they jump out of hyperspace uh, above Scarif, like the shot, um, the CGI space, whatever they did, was just so clear and so amazing. I was just like, I'm in space with these, these, these capital ships, and I'm going to watch this crazy battle happen. And I was not disappointed at all by any any of the space battles. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm a 12-year-old again, and this is a great feeling. So I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I thought Krennic was a great villain. Um, he brought a new side, like we were talking about the political, like, uh, like what what is your what is your truth? Like, what are you? What is your point of view? As everyone would say, um, of of control. I like that. Um, the score was um, was good. Uh, but more on that later. Um, um, K2SO had for me all the feels. Yes. Um, you know, K2SO the. The most lovable droid is R2D2, and um, and I think BB-8. But lovable and like that, like he's you know he's the salty like, uh, like I like perfect droid like Derek. sort of like uh, 
I liked K2SO more than BB-8. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he's, he's different. Like, BB-8 is just, like, pure sacco, like, pure, pure cuteness. Um, and then you have K2SO who's, like, who's, who's not perfect, and you just love him for that, you know? Um, he, he's just, he's, he, he has this, like, sort of depressed outlook of life, but at the same time, he's, he's good, and, uh, you know, he's obviously reprogrammed. He has a, he has a character life. arc. Um, he has a he has a character, which is a win for this entire movie. Every yeah. character had an arc. Yeah, they started someplace and ended someplace else. He reminded me of a mix between um, the robot from uh, what's the forty two movie? Thank you. Yeah, he, he might a mix between the Hitchhiker's Guide and also the uh, robot uh, case from uh, Interstellar. It was a mix between those two. Yes, yes. I mean, you, you couldn't help but and just, like, no. tear up a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Feature like, Feature she goes in such, like, a, a kiss sad Kiss my shiny no less. Um, but I loved, I loved K2SO, um, which brings me to my next point of, of how it was a nice uh, uh, bridge between the prequel. And you can choose not to, choose to, to watch the prequels at this point, which, you know, would be fine. Um, but if you happen to go through them, and visually, you, you see K2SO is like uh, sort of a callback to the super battle droids of episode two and three, mm. um, especially his arms. Mm. And they, they did that a couple of times in um, like bringing Mustafar in. There's a really, really quick shot of Coruscant um, mm-hmm. when Krennic is talking to um, Jin's father. Really love there's no intro to that. There's no like establishing shot of Coruscant, they're just there. Um, and you know, it's like, okay, it's still the same universe, but uh, we're acknowledging the peoples are there, we're tying it in. Um, and I, I thought that was a, a good use of, of those elements there. Um, and uh, bringing it back to bridging to A New Hope, you see in A New Hope how brutal the Empire really is. Um, they, they slaughter um, Luke's aunt and uncle. Um, just like you just see one of the most gruesome scenes in all Star Wars. And you see that in this movie. Um, and you see how they can become that. And over time, you don't really get that in a Star Wars film because it's not really like a, a big war film. Um, but but here you see that, like really without mercy, they're just gonna they're just gonna go and, and blow up these people. Um, so I really really enjoyed that. Um, you you feel for like, hey, this is a really bad entity. We really really need to get better. Uh, you know, really need to get rid of them. Um, the last point I want to make, um, I really love the um, the diversity of the movie. Um, the cast, uh, really awesome, diverse cast. Donnie Yen, you know, seeing oh, um, so had such a prominent yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and and seeing, uh, you know, for me, an Asian uh, character come alive in Star Wars, more than just, you know, a blip on the screen where he says, I'm hit and smashes into a Star Destroyer. <laughs> I think that was great. Um, I was rooting a lot for him. So um, you have a female lead like Ray, of course. Um, but you have, um, um, for the most part, like extras, um, you know, I mean, sorry, diverse characters that, that aren't just extras that immediately die and you, you never see them again. Um, so you have aliens too. Yeah, aliens too. Yeah, that was um, that was cool. They weren't just like a bunch they're of from the cantina. They were just yeah. yeah. Oh, that was those thousands. That was so funny. <laughs> but like you have you have aliens yeah. fighting on like the both the rebels and yeah. the imperials, which I thought was something new. So it was a really inclusive movie. I um, I really liked how diverse the cast was. 
Um, I like how uh, you could see the sort of political um, story there, but not in a way where it's like, oh, one side's bad, one side's good, but really like, um, like Obi-Wan says in A New Hope, um, or in Return of the Jedi, I mean, um, that uh, the, many of the, the truths we cling to depend greatly on your point of view. So I really enjoyed how, how it played on that too. Can, can I get a one second on that? Uh... I'm not Asian American, or, or Asian, or Asian Asian. So a uh, different point of view. But um, I really, really, one of my like, I know. Well, harken back to the Luke Cage podcast uh, where I did, I did discuss that I was not black. That's correct. Um, so you're not black either. I know it's wild. Interesting. Um, but I really, I my, I'm a sucker for like kung fu movies and uh, wushu movies. And Donnie Yen is part of, like, one of the greatest trilogies in the Ip Man trilogy. And when I saw that he was getting, he was announced to play a character, I went through the roof. And I thought that they, they did him justice, that he wasn't just, like, a shoehorned character, that they actually got him to show off his immense martial arts skills. And, I, like, yes. I was really happy they let yes. him, like, go to town for a couple. And the thing about that, and, and bringing it back to, to Star Wars as a whole, is that George Lucas based a lot of Star Wars on old samurai films. So to mm. actually have a samurai dude that is um, like really like any other um, Asian or, or Japanese samurai film, um, even in his, his, his approach and his words, um, was really cool for me to, to bring that back and to, to sort of show like, hey, we're acknowledging that this is where Star Wars comes from and we're going to put it back in. It was really interesting, especially with Donnie again, because he really used the... Uh the force kind of like watching these movies and watching a lot of anime and watch a lot of stuff that they talk about you know um, different beliefs or different like mantras or different like chakras and stuff like that and how this force is is much bigger he believes in it he uses it he says it as a mantra that he like goes by it. he even trusts it to the point where he can walk through a bunch of gunfire to hit a switch that's needs to hit the master control switch and um, I just really like that particular aspect of it because they're starting to build up this because you don't see it like we didn't really see it anywhere else but now you start building up this fact that well more and more people started to believe into this 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 weird being of the force that they don't really think is real some people do some people don't and i really like that that was something continuous into this scene uh into the movie to the point where i thought for sure for sure i was sitting there like i really hope he does but i kind of don't want dying in to die by darth vader but it would have been pretty cool to see him die by an actual Jedi oh, or it was, a Sith Lord. But. I thought that I thought it was it was a, it was a nice explanation of like not everyone can have Force powers, but yep. everyone can believe in the Force. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very surreal. That's cool. But also, if anyone out there who's never seen any Donnie Yen movies goes back and watches Donnie Yen movies, it man. inside subtitles. Yeah. That's it's a good thing. That is by by far. Is good. That's a win for Star Wars if they get people watching Donnie Yen movies. Yeah. Go, dude. Yeah. The, oh, the, uh, I think it's the first one. No, it's the second one where he has a. Uh, it's told in flashbacks. It's beautiful. I second or third? Because I think it's three. Mm-hmm. Now. I, no, they, they just came out with the third one. Third, mm-hmm. third one's all right. I just oh. watched it. it so was, maybe the one or two. Yeah. Two was two was he had like this like sponsored boxing match, which is. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I want to pose a question, and I told Derek knows this, but uh, did anybody else cry in this movie? No. Almost. 
Nope. Okay. Almost. Yeah, I'm I, not a pussy, bro. Oh, that's, that's okay. Because I cried in this movie when K2SO died. I was like, you son of a bitch. Because he had the gun. And he, when she finally, like, he, I, I was already welling up. When she, when she handed him that gun, I was like, okay. I know what's, I know what's going to happen here. He's going to sacrifice well, himself. Actually, speaking of which, did you guys, did you guys actually... Like expected everybody to die. In this movie? Yeah, no. no, no, I didn't expect. Oh, I didn't I know that they were all gonna die. So but I didn't. I didn't actually. Like, to, like I guess I to me and going on. Well, going on to one of my wins, I expected. This is a quote. This is a movie quote. I expected everybody to die. Somebody says that. Um, I expected everybody to die, and literally going to this movie was like, well, it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan, to the point where. But everyone oh, made you, it out in Saving Private Ryan. Nobody made it out in the... What are you talking about? Private Ryan made it out. No, he didn't. He died. Yeah, Tom Hanks died. He, he made Private it. Ryan made it No, but he made... You know, the Allies got him. No, he died. He died. Yeah, but he died, but the Allies got him. Anyways, <laughs> so in, in, in that particular story, in like a lot of war novels that I read, especially from Tim O'Brien, who's a good writer, and uh, Saving Private Ryan, there's a particular... There's these uh, scenarios in which talks about... There's a core group of people that you progress through a story and you start learning about a lot about these weird and a lot of different characters have little weird different kind of weird things but you start loving them as a group more and more and they kind of go into a mission in which they already know they're super content with yeah I mean this is what we're gonna do right yeah all right that's fine that's that's okay we we know what we're gonna do and we know we're gonna give up the ultimate sacrifice for this um and the moment when they said that the shields were going to be closing up, I was like, okay. So, how is this going to happen? Because I, at that point, when the shields closed down, only two or three, I think, X-Wings went through. I was like, okay. I already started. I had to adjust into my seat and I had to adjust my glasses because I knew the tears were going to come. And I didn't mind it because I knew K2SO was going to die some heroic way. I just have to figure out, can I manage to get through this movie if it has like 20 or 30 more minutes? Um, and it was something very beautiful about when, and very beautiful and very breathtaking when people kind of bind together for a better cause and for the ultimate cause itself to say, you know, yeah, that's okay. Uh, you know, Avengers, Avengers 2, when, you know, Black Widow looks at, um, Captain America was like, you know, there's worse ways. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, there's worse ways. Like those, those are a lot of different moments and it's all over this movies that people, band together it's like no that's, that's all right you know i don't mind giving my life for for the sake of the entire galaxy um and that was something like very special to me of when jen gave you know k2so the gun uh he was a badass with the gun and he went down fighting and sealed the door so that everything can actually kind of happens and as that progressing even before that moment you start noticing that more and more but everybody would just kind of kept falling in their particular own way um even the pilot that defected i can't remember his name oh, but yeah. he was phenomenal in the Two night of the most like unceremoniously which like, is that's i feel like not everybody need you, you can't have a glorified death everybody can't have it because how many times you said it yourself there's a lot of people there's a lot of heroes out there that we have no idea how they died yeah. Whether it's friendly fire like a football player, or we have no idea, we, tr we truly don't know. We just don't know. So I like the fact that they showed that range from a lot of different people all over the place. If you have these no-name characters that were just completely thrusted in to say, "Hey, could you disable this switch?" and they're running and trying to do this 
thing of it has to be exactly that particular case. I like the fact that it, they made it real. They made me care about these characters because everybody was dying all over the place. Everybody can't be like a Donnie Yen's character who has his moments. That's it's not possible. Um, and even for that, and they had all these beautiful moments. It was all just being wiped away, and well, it was like nothing even happened. So, so. let's let's uh, transition a little bit because I will give my cry moment. Uh, I welled up. When I saw Vader's lightsaber yes. extend, yeah. immediately I was like the whole the whole rest of the movie I was like I'm a kid again, but when I saw that lightsaber I was just like I want to go home to my mommy and drink hot chocolate. That's a callback right there. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Mimi. If you <laughs> um, but yeah when it when I saw that that lightsaber just go I was like. <gasps> Yeah. Oh my god, this is Star Wars. And like, you know, like, it, it really... That's possibly one of the best scenes with the Force that I've ever seen. Oh my god. Oh, it was a horror right. movie. I was loving Oh my god. Moment. Anytime you introduce, like, a, a, such a cool power, but at the same time is very Nameless sad. Like, terror. Oh, it's so... But it was, it was so done, good. like, that... Like just the way that it, it's, it's almost like a monster coming out. It's like yeah, it's what like watching Alien yeah. and just yeah. seeing the alien come out and just start ripping people yeah. apart. Ha- and you're just like, who's gonna stop this thing? Yeah, and no one does. Have no we seen that? Have we seen this scene before? What? No. Uh, in Empire, when he's facing Luke, he does the same move with his life. Oh, it's, I mean, no, no, I mean, no. like when he's breaking into the ship. It's just, this is all brand new. Right? No, no, no. no he breaks was, into the yeah. tent of four at the beginning of a new. No, he doesn't. It's the stormtroopers that go first. They blow out, and the stormtroopers come out. And he walks. He comes in. in later, though. He comes in after it's been cleared. Yeah. So we've never. It was an interesting take where we've never like in the prequels. He was kind of a whiny bitch about it. More talented fighter, but he was whiny. Yes. And then in the in the like the the original trilogies, he was more of like it was more of a personal battle. Like they always viewed it as him versus his son. And so that's how they framed it. So it was never just a ruth. You we never saw outside of that one scene where he's marching in to kill the little kids in the in episode three. <laughs> but we didn't even see that because they can't show like him murdering children on, yeah, on but TV. Well, all the I separatists. Mean, even that was not like mindless killing. Like that was literally just extend lightsaber, kill people, go yeah. home. And like I think one of the best things I was geeking out on both ends. On one end, I was like, oh my gosh, Vader looks so badass. Also, quick ca- quick call out earlier with his force choke with his fingers and yeah. saying, don't choke up right. on yeah. your blood. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, so, I was loving the fact that he was just wrecking everybody. The other part is, like, uh, it was also part of a video game of when you're force playing... Force Unleashed. Well, no, no, no. When, you're playing, uh, when you're playing Capture the Flag, uh, Halo, whatever video game you can think of. You're playing capture the flag. You have the flag. Everybody's trying to protect you. The guy with the flag goes down. Somebody else picks it up, keeps running. That person oh, goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, like, that was, when you said a video game moment, I was like, oh my God. And they were trying to throw well, it. I oh just, I just saw that as, as higher level Knights of the Old Republic or Force Unleashed, where you walk into a room and you are just maxed out yeah. and you're just like, ha. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, yeah. that right there is twenty bucks. When that scene goes, you like see you see Vader, and you obviously recognize the helmets, and you and you see the the little you know data chip. You're like, I know what I know exactly what that is, and you see it go from one end of the corridor to the other, um, and you're like, I know where this is going. I totally like I can see the crawl from a new hope coming, 
like in the next 20 minutes um, where this where this ends and it's just amazing how it um, you you kind of just were like rooting for for um, the little data thing to go through and you're like go like make sure that you you hand um, hand that off to the next person um, to make sure that we get to see Star Wars because if it doesn't happen we're going to win like oh my goodness can we talk about that for one second? That I Marty, you need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> we there. I, this is a small little win, but like all of the graphics on any one of those screens and any any time cool. that they were on a control panel looked like they were from the seventies. Yeah. yeah, like they didn't age up any of the graphics to new age things. So like to make the control panels look like yeah. two thousand one space. They didn't put like some ugly filter on. Yeah, no, they took they, their time to make those things. They up looked there. like straight up late seventies. The, to get back to your original point, though, uh, yeah, I, I nearly lost it when Carrie Fisher turned around. Oh, my Because, uh, no. again, like, Vader's lightsaber, I was a kid, and then all of a sudden, like, my I, first crush I ever had I, I, turned I, around, I saw her face, and I, I was like, oh, I couldn't my handle God. That, I couldn't handle that part from all the other excitement. Yeah. I was like, you know, that, arguably, this may be the best ending to uh, a, a Star movie. Wars movie. Or, or a movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A lot I, mean, of, I gotta think about it. I gotta think about it. It's up there. I mean, the last best endings if, of a movie. if you take the last five minutes of any movie, like maybe Fight Club's up there, right? Like that mm. was just like. Yeah, very few movies let you leave with like your heart racing. And yes. this, this was definitely one of those where I was like, oh my goodness, I need to run around and scream. Yeah, as it ended, I remember Derek's texting me. He's like, so what are your thoughts? Hey, give me your thoughts. I'm like, I just need to drive around for a little bit. Um, I can't even listen to. I literally drove around, didn't listen to any music at all. I was like, I'm trying to digest what just, just happened. Even, yeah. What yeah. just happened in the last five minutes? Because I, I sat through the entire credits, knowing there was no end of the credit scene. But I was like, still, I just need to like absorb this message. Dude, someone leaving early. I sat through the credits just to listen to the music. Um, but someone leaving was just like, yeah, what are they going to stinger? <laughs> like, cause it, like, there was yeah, nothing, not. to, what, <laughs> there's nothing to say. But I mean, it's phenomenal. Like he's holding one dude up on the ceiling with the force while just slicing three other dudes. <laughs> Do you and see then he cuts stabs, back? Yeah. yeah, cuts back, stabs a dude through, through the dude, through the door. Yeah. And like his lightsaber yeah. pops out of that whole crowd of people and everybody's just freaking the hell out. That it's right amazing. there is worth the 20 bucks of the movie. Yeah. $20? I paid well, $7. Whatever bucks. the fuck the movie's called. Uh, I, I went to a matinee. I spent $10. $10 is like... Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, they, uh, they messed up. They I messed had up. IMAX 3D matinee in upstate New York. It was ten dollars. So they messed up on my Suicide Squad. It oh. wasn't in 3D when it was supposed to be. So they gave everyone free tickets. This is back in July, and I looked down. I go, "Well, this is Star Wars," <laughs> <laughs> and so I saw that movie for free. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So oh, IMAX yeah. Jordans. But so going from nearly crying because Vader's lightsaber was so cool. Let's transition a little bit into criticisms, you and I'm it. gonna be. Incredibly brief because I don't think there's many. Uh, two things: one, Vader's suit looked Reebok as hell. It, he looked like the, <laughs> the 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 Russian gangster version of Darth Vader. <laughs> like literally, he had swishy pants on in that final scene. Uh, and I thought that from he seeing got, he got dressed in a hurry, man. I guess. <laughs> yes. From <laughs> seeing that like very clunky suit, that like honestly, I love the clunky suit because it gives him that mechanical, just uh, like autonomous killing machine thing. That was. This is stretching so un- unbelievably hard to find criticisms, but Vader's suit is one of them. Um, I thought that the con- 
confusing planet jumps in the first half. I think they could have cut a couple of those scenes just to make it, like, a little bit smoother. The third act was incredible. Uh, I think the first act, or, like, act two, after, the like, the, the Rogue One part was a little bit confusing on where they were. Not the biggest thing, but just a little bit confusing. And I also, to immediately conflict with Guillermo, um, I thought that the music, uh, the original score treatment, which I'll let Derek talk a little bit more about, was not good at all. Um, but the one thing I thought was that they didn't have a lot of like con- continuity with the new films, and I thought that some of the themes, uh, like personally, I, I, th- I think I'm getting disagreement on this one, but personally thought that Krennic's theme sounded very similar to the Resistance theme, and I thought that <laughs> someone seeing this movie follow with A New Hope, you know, a year before, you get them kind of imbalanced where I thought that the original movies did a very good job of orchestrating and stylistically making, like, the Force theme, like, high strings and very slow, very different than, like, the Imperial March, which is on low brass. You know, I thought they did a good job of separating that, whereas Krennic's theme and the uh, the Resistance were uh, low brass marches, and so they sounded very similar. But, um, my God, I had to stretch for criticisms on this movie. Josh, I, got a f- I mean, if well, I were going to follow right along with you, um, I wasn't crazy about the score either. Uh, while I w- Even while I was watching the movie, not even thinking as deeply as you do, because... Oh, no, no, everyone has a connection. Let's, not, it, let's it get was, around that it, whole... It, let's get around that whole thing. Yeah, no, it, even just from the very beginning, I, when I first watched the movie, just my initial interpre- interpretation was... I wasn't crazy about the score. Um, I didn't like that they didn't use the uh, the text crawl that is very iconic of Star Wars. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's a Star Sorry, Wars story. No, this movie? no I don't Interesting. There's, there's I like that. Trouble. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't crazy about it. I, I like. I I understand. It's a Star Wars story. It's not another part of the the trilogy or whatever we want to call it, um, so I understand why it wasn't there. But I there's a part of me that just still doesn't like it. Um, the music, the score just didn't hit right at home for me. Um, when they used the original music in the credits, it was finally like, oh, this is Star Wars. Um, but the rest of the movie just. Hey, that might have been the biggest thing for me. The rest of the movie, I think, pretty much scored all A's for me, other than the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of beasts with this movie. Um, the story itself, the whole plot, I mean, it's very meandering and very... Exposi- the dialogue's very exposition-heavy up until the final third. Which, the final third is what sells the movie for me. That's why I love the movie, is that final third. But throughout that, it's kind of convoluted, and um, it feels like they're not really sure how to tell this story they want to tell. Uh, there's some exposition where Jen talks about how Saw Guerrero raised her, and like when she meets Saw Guerrero, he says, I raised you, you know? <laughs> and like, okay, both the people are telling us the most obvious thing. It's very cheesy. It's very beyond cheesy dialogue it's boring dialogue and that was really hurting me a lot while watching this movie um my the other criticisms i would have is 
there's a lot of there's a team in here for the Rogue One team that they would get introduced, but they get introduced in very weird ways. Donnie Yen and his partner, they're just out of the blue, like, hey, I'm going to just join y'all. There's like no motivation, no factor to why they're wanting to join this group. And I'm not really sold on them as characters that are going to support the team as everything. Donnie Yen's moment is to do what Donnie Yen does best, which is martial arts. Not much more to that character. Uh, K2SO, I, I loved his dialogue and everything. Uh, and um, he seems to be just the same droid that HK-47 out Knights of the Old Republic was. So just that scathing, um, biting humor, which is funny and everything. It's good to see that on cinema. It's not the most original thing they've done with Star Wars. Uh, my biggest beef, though, is I did not care about these characters. I mean, if I look at Episode 7, I care about Finn. I care about Poe. I care about Ray. I know their names. I know Jen's name just because she's the one mentioned in the trailers. I don't know Diego Luna's name. I don't know Donnie Yen's name or his partner. I know Donnie Yen is the blind guy that believes in the Force, that has a stick, and his partner is the guy with the big machine gun. And I know K2SO because he actually stands out and actually has character and emotion and a character arc. Everybody else is very much window dressing. And so that's my biggest beef with this movie. Oh, Memo? Um, you already mentioned a lot of them. No, I, I, I didn't mention issues with the movie. Hang on one no. second. I would say I love the characters in this. Uh, I thought I got their names. Uh, Truett, Imway, Baze, Malbaze. I did great, not get that as well. Great, great pair. Uh, I liked Johnny Yen's. I think that they did a good job of explaining how um, they kind of got ostracized from their community. Yeah, it um, felt natural to me. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought there was like Baze. Baze <coughs> does not have a very big arc. He his arc is literally in the last ten minutes of the movie, where uh, he is. He's that. I got you back. I got your back, bro. No matter what. That's bizarre. No, no, That's no, it. no. But it isn't because uh, because when he has the whole moment where um, Chewit was walking out through the the blaster fire and he doesn't get hit. So it, earlier in the movie, there was a throwaway line saying that how Baze used to be the biggest per, uh, supporter of the Force. He was a he was, he was one of the protectors. He was a guard of the same temple that Chewit was at. And so, um, do they even mention their names in this? Yeah, movie? they do. Yes, <laughs> I, um, I remember that. So with that, they um, so he kind of had like a he had a falling out with the whole thing because he just didn't believe it existed anymore because the empire came to pass. And then like there was this great moment at the end where the whole like him go his going out scene was realizing that the force could protect you and the force could be a powerful like life part of you and that his acceptance of the force got him and killed the entire the entire royal guard if you will and so I thought that it, it was a compressed arc but it really started at the very beginning of the movie and then kind of came to fruition at the end yeah and it's visually I mean compelling it's visually looks cool oh I it's love just the, I love the character I I wanted I wanted some characterization to these characters, and I didn't feel that Interesting. at all. Interesting. Uh, especially with Jen Erso. Jen Erso, which, quote-unquote, she's sold to be the main person, her acting did not sell anything for me. She okay. was very wooden. Uh, and I, <laughs> when she was like talking about, like, rebellions are built on hope and stuff, I'm like, you got to sell it. you got to give some 
punch to those well, lines there. Nobody's going to believe what the hell you're asking I will, about. I will agree with you on that. And I think regarding earlier in the podcast when I said I think this was mismarketed as a Jane Erso film, I think yeah. it's really an ensemble thing. Because you're right, her acting was... Probably the worst in the entire the entire thing. I mean, you look at Ray and Finn and Poe. Each one of them could have had their own movie and still be more charismatic than right. Her. But I think that it was an ensemble piece showing the the rebellion as a whole. Well, it's a bit it's different than especially with those particular kind of characters because you look at this girl who parents were killed practically in front of her, uh, and she has just basically been rebelling against. She's a, she doesn't even know what she's fighting for, and she's completely lost the entire fighting. time. Because she's put back into this world, world she's put back into this actual society. She doesn't really like her father, doesn't not entirely sure, but she's basically kind of learned it. Like I, I got it. I, I, I thought her performance was okay, but it needed to be her, either her, more or less focused on her and the entire. Her song performance was okay, but it was definitely the weakest out of the bunch. Did anyone? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I would say Diego Luna was probably the best one, just because he, he had he had the he had the shady underlines to him. He had that duality to his character where it's like, uh, hey, I'm a re- I'm a re- rebel, but I'm a shitty rebel because I, I got I feel do like shitty his things. was actually the weakest. Why he turned the other way. I thought either him or Forrest Whitaker. I didn't really believe Forrest Whitaker. Well, Forrest Whitaker might have had the worst story. He had the most pointless death I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, he Um, was just a clunky character who just kind of wandered through the story. I I feel like Forrest Whitaker got with Eddie Redmayne and said, like, (laughs) how do you get crazy and whisper a lot? (laughs) Just whisper a lot. Was the the breathing apparatus supposed to be a nod to Darth Vader? It was. Yeah. 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 It was cocaine. What's what's up there? That's what I thought as well. That it was that's sort of not like it's 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 a it had the same sound. No, to me it was more like oh yeah, he's using the same technology that uh, Grievous did and Bather does, and like that's how he's. Yeah. It's like a version of that technology. There's been yeah. through a lot of shit. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice world building where like if you go and get like a tracheotomy. I don't even know what that means, but it's the first medical term. Uh, I, so go, we, we I know. We, I cut yeah, open the throat. Yeah, yeah. But if you block the yeah, if you get like a tracheotomy at like in the states versus England versus like Russia, it's all the same thing. And so I thought that was a nice piece of world building where if you lose your ability to breathe and you turn like more machine than man. Regardless of rebel, empire, or separatist, you're gonna get the same thing. Yeah. But so I, I agree with you on Jane Erso being kind of a weak actress, but I think that it was a very good character piece. I will have to disagree on that. That's fair. That's why they call us the Down and Front Podcast. No. Uh, Is that why they call us the Down and Front? We're, we're down. I don't know. We should do an episode on our origin story. What was our origin story? <laughs> Who knows? Fucking Ju- Jupiter Ascending. Oh, it was that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we should not do that. So, uh, I I have a couple. Nothing too big, because I, I, I'm sort of okay with it. So, like, for example, the first one for me was, okay, cool. All Star Wars movies are hero journey movies. Cool. I get it. That's it. You can't do anything better than that. Cool. Let's do all of them. It's a hero's journey's movie. This, okay. None of these are heroes, though. Yes, it is. Like, Jin... Uh, what's her name? Jin? Yeah, Jin. Jin. Yeah, it's Jin a hero's movie. Well, it's a hero's journey's movie. She didn't really want to be a hero. Her hero, though? 
Yeah, she's a hero. She's an anti-hero. Yeah, she didn't want to be a hero. But that's the thing. She doesn't want to be the hero, and then she writes it up to the... But then she dies immediately. Yeah, she's like... True, but it's a hero's journey story. (laughs) Is you don't want to be a hero, and something happens... I'm going to call it a barely hero's journey. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's it's a hero's journey, all of them. So I'm like, okay, cool. They're all that, that... we can't be more original original than that. I'm okay with it. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing is, Tarkin and Young Leia CGI was cool, but it was a little disturbing. I don't know if I really liked it. Because it. it was so good? I love it. it. No, it's just, it felt weird to me. Because Tarkin it was so, felt uh, perfect. But was it, was it because weird. it was like, you expected it to be like everything no. else? Oh. It, it was it was like literally weird. Like I'm like, oh, I know he's there and he's there and it's cool that he's there and it's cool that we can do it, but it's weird. Like I don't know if I like it. Uh, I did. And I was you- reading this morning coming uh, coming to work and uh, Scorsese saw it and liked it so much that he's going to do it for his new movie. Oh no. Yeah, so he's going to young youngerize I don't know if that's a word, but that's a word. Uh youngerize uh De Niro using the same technology as uh, uh, Scarface. Yeah. Which I mean <laughs> Oh no, that's Al Pacino. Sorry. I don't know if it was a, it was you, Brian, that said that it's cool that we have that technology and we can do it. Yeah. But it's it's still a little weird. Uh, it does break the fourth wall a lot, but Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. It, I mean it's still allowed me to suspend my Belief. Yeah, Kenny and I was able to think of like this is an actor that might have been lit a little differently than yeah. the actors next to. Uh, the other thing too is that kind of like what Brian was saying to me, the characters were very much on the spectrum of very Star Warsy, where they're 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 very they're there for a reason, and there's a lot of characters in the Star Wars universe that they're there for a reason, and they they feel a little one-dimensional um and you know well cool you don't get to see them beyond that purpose and it's okay i guess but that could have been better um i do love mad's character i wish we could have seen more of him because i think that technically he was like the hero of this movie and other movies you know and he's and he's he's the one that gave the rebel like a thing to live for essentially yeah. and you know it would be cool if we can see him a little bit more yeah. um, I would just say for a movie that's called Rogue One the Rogue One team dynamic never felt like I wanted to see scenes where they come together as a team but that's it, what I'm saying it was just like felt, we're just gonna get together and do this random thing but that's what I'm saying to me they were very like they have a purpose and they can move from that purpose a lot which I feel like a lot of uh, characters in the Star Wars universe are that way, but we just grown to be like, well, that's I, how they are. Hang on, I like that actually. I I, I think it I think, works when done right. It works. Right, I think that it's. I think it was impressive that uh, they never came together. Like there was never that perfect moment when. Uh, Avengers? Iron Man was shooting his, like, yeah, that's literally, I was thinking about, like, there's never that perfect moment where they have the circle shot, and then all of a sudden they're a team, and then Loki's going down. You know, like, they they somehow, they somehow beat the odds-ish, because they all died, Uh, but they they somehow accomplished the mission without being a true team. They, there was no circle shot moment. It was awesome. 
I love I, it. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I appreciate that they did not come together as like a true team where they save each other. It was more like, we're going to die together. Because but even watching that's it, what you, it was. But even watching it, you knew that they all had different... Uh, they all had different objectives, yeah, they but they came together objectives. at the end. Yeah. That was the beautiful part about it. That's why right. I liked it so yeah. much. I love the decision um, to kill everyone, but I wanted to care about who died, and I didn't. I mm-hmm. did, but I did not like that the death scenes were too long. I feel like they were a little bit dragged out. Except for Bodies. Bodies, I had to think like oh. four times about... I was just like... Did he oh, just die? His name. Yeah, that's right. Grenades! He just well, did. Yeah, they just, he just died. That was it. He was done. Nothing. Otherwise, He's also a traitor. Loved him. So. Uh, traitor? Traitor. I, honestly, I kept on waiting for them to pull that card and, like, have, like, a rebel traitor or, like, have Bodhi be a double agent. And they mm. never. And they never did, which um, was honestly surprising. Yeah, that was it. So, I, not really criticisms, because a lot of them were like, oh, okay, I can see that, but. Um, uh, I'll do a couple pieces and then I'll get to uh, Derek. The, I think he has some substantial stuff here. Um, Megan agrees with uh, the piece that I'm going to say. I think that's her only criticism, which is kind of odd. She told me a different criticism. I'm going to call her out right now. Um, so the first thing that Megan said that she, I guess she doesn't like war movies. Uh, at first, you remember that, Derek? I do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So she, I guess she felt like it was too, it was too much of a war movie uh, theme of her a bit, uh, and it kind of was a little bit more kind of distracting for her. And um, at times, I want to say she think there was too much stuff going on at once. Um, in particular, the entire final battle, like that entire final scene when they're at Scarif. Um, so that, that's, that's was amazing. So. Well, that's that's where that, that's where she was like, I think she's like, maybe this movie's not for me. Uh, she, yeah. she's gonna hate me she's absolutely gonna hate me for calling her out but you know uh, whatever you're in California um, my two <laughs> my two criticisms I got uh, and it was uh, kind of same thing that I think Bradley touched upon it just a little bit I'm not entirely sure it was because I was a little bit more tired going into this movie but it took me a little bit to actually try to grasp exactly what was happening because we were on one planet and we introduced to three, four, five new characters. Then we were on another planet we introduced a couple characters and another one and another one. Um, and it felt like we were jumping very quickly around to a lot of different areas. And although I was getting the titles of it, I, it was me. It was really hard for me to draw back to, well, should I be getting this information coming from a, a previous movie I've seen or not? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, so it, I, I still enjoyed it, but I had to put my, my, my brain on pause a little bit just to try to see if I can absorb all this stuff. And I just wanted to pay off on that necklace. That necklace was a kyber crystal. Um, it was a small one, but it was a kyber crystal that wasn't used at all. Um, I thought it was kind of a bummer, um, but that's it. Yeah. People already said some other stuff about it, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, Derek? Yeah, so... Um I agree with the, the criticisms of the, the CGI characters. A little too Polar Express. I know it's been a several years since then, but... <laughs> wow, that's awesome. It is not Polar Express. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. A little bit like that. Like, when when you watch A New Hope, like, a, a zillion times, and you know how, how Peter Cushing's face is supposed to move, and then you see the CGI Tarkin, it's just a little weird. Um, so um, that, that was the first... Again, going with Louis, like these are very nitpicky criticisms, like super, super nitpicky. And, and again, the overall positive 
um, overwhelmingly um, outweigh these these little negatives here. Um, so the the Leia CJ also was a little weird. She she smiled when she said hope at the end. Um, she was like hope. I'm like you're you're about to be slaughtered by Darth Vader right now. You can't be this happy. Um, you know your your life is in danger. You're like oh I have this thing. It's it's happy now. Hope. Um, so uh, you know that's. That, that was a thing that, that took me out a little bit. Um, I, I thought that they could have left Tarkin in, like, in terms of his character. Like, I liked how he was showing power manipulation and he was taking over Krennic and, and that. But he, he could have maybe be kept off screen a little bit, like in a, in a hologram maybe. That might have masked a little Ooh. bit more of the CGI for me. Or, or keep that reflection that they started out with. And, like, that was believable. Like, use his audio. His audio was great. Mm. Um uh, like I, I liked that they showed him as part of the empire, but uh, it was something about his visuals was was a bit strange. Um, going back to the word hope, like uh, they use the word hope way too many times. I know it's in the, the title of the New Hope, but you don't have to say it six <laughs> times. Did you say? <laughs> like see they the... repeat it in the New Hope, but that's because Leia's hologram is broken and she just repeats the same word. Um, so um, that was a little weird to me. Um, when they're searching through the archives um, and they go through the the, uh, the code names, I liked how they they did a throwback to like Dark Saber, which is um, something from the, the EU. Um, but then like you immediately know that the code name is Stardust. Like she's like reading it. I'm like it's Stardust. Just look for it. You're done. <laughs> um, that was a little that was a little cheesy for me. Um, going back to the the fan service, three um, PO and R two D two was a little. A little weird, just like hey, they're they're getting ready to battle, and and Rukio is just complaining again. I'm like, all right, that's that's fine. Shout out to Anthony Daniels making another appearance. Um, those those are sort of my throwaway nitpicky ones um, that I can sort of forgive. Um, the thing that was actually disappointing to me was the score. Um, they replaced um, uh, Alexander Desplat like late in the game, so Michael Giacchino. Um, only had like two or three months to actually score the movie, um, and it sort of shows, and it's 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 a bit disappointing. Um, there there are no new strong themes um, that Jakino comes up with himself, um, and um, the parts of the score that I liked um, were actually all the John Williams parts. Um, so they're like there's a Death Star motif where whenever in a New Hope they cut to the Death Star, there's this form of theme that plays that's only in a New Hope. And they introduce this back into this movie. There's a slow um, imperial motif um, that plays before Darth Vader's theme is established in Empire that is brought back into this film. And you can sort of see how musically they're united. And I liked um, that he quotes those. Um, but really, like, uh, the, the track that's called Guardian of the, the Wills, which is supposed to be for... Um, uh, Donnie Yen's character and, and uh, the guardians of that temple is really a redux of Across the Stars, which I really didn't like. If you listen to them back to back, they're almost the same piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's really nothing memorable about it. You can't, you can't really hum anything from it. Um, and uh, the part that I really can't get over is how he Jakinos um, the John Williams theme. It's like you, you hear like the, the Imperial March, and he goes, oh, this is mine now, so I'm going to change that last note. And he does it over and over. Like, here's the Rebel fanfare, and I'm going to change the last note. 
because this is my score now, and it's really not original, and it's a bit disappointing, and um, I I wish that we could have heard maybe a disbar score from from this film, uh, but we have we have a score. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but uh, it was definitely rushed and um, not Jacino's best work, um, which uh, I consider up to be. Um, Inside out. Definitely can do much, much more with that. Um, obviously, we can have John Williams, but Jake, uh, uh, I think was a was a mistake. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, I think left a lot to be desired was the best descriptor of that score. Cool. Are we at that time? Yeah, we're into into some uh, lasting impressions and uh, grades. Sure. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll start. Uh, so I'll give this movie a B plus, and I give that because it is definitely uh, fantastic visually, uh, but it was lacking in some character um, depth that I needed and some emotional connection to the characters. Uh, so I'll give it a B plus. Cool. Give cool. Um, to me, it's a B. Um, if I watch it again and don't have that distractions from this from the movies, um, I'm also n- a little deaf, and the they the the that's that theater that I went in, the sound apparently is actually lower than normal, so that the servers can actually talk to you. So I missed a bunch of things because I just couldn't hear correctly. Um, I'm pretty sure that if I rewatch it again. I'll probably be like, oh, that, now I get a, a few things that I miss or whatever. I was 10 minutes late, so I didn't see. Apparently, they they introduced, like, the... Oh, so your opinions are... <laughs> well, that's, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, even even if they had all these things going against it, I still liked it. Yeah, it yeah. means something. Right, right, right. Like, it's good. So, in um, I'm pretty sure that once I watch it again, it will can go to B, B+. Plus. Uh, like... Go to B plus. Um, I. It's 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 super interesting to me to see people say that this is the best Star Wars movie. I don't think it's the best Star Wars movie. Um, there's a lot of people that are also saying that it's second to Empire, which I don't think that's accurate either. Um, but I do think. That it's second to Empire. If you if you put it well no but if you I don't remember grinding on Charlie Murphy's couch. <laughs> no, no 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 yeah I grind on Charlie Murphy's couch. No no but I can see I can see it be I can see somebody put it ne- on second to Empire if they say that you have to watch this movie as a unit with Episode Four, like if you say that this movie is required viewing with Episode Four, that I can see somebody say yeah so it's Empire these two movies and then I don't know Jedi or Seven or something like that like I can totally see that or somebody say it's Empire Seven and then these two movies as a unit I can totally see that um I don't think honestly that we'll ever see a movie that's as good as the original trilogy to be fair never know you never know but I don't I I I don't think so um I do think this is a very, very, very good movie. Um, and I, again, with more viewings, 
and I really want to buy the Blu-ray because I want to see the behind the scenes and all that. And it's very rare because I don't care about behind the scenes. And this movie, I really do want to see the behind the scenes because of the different cameos and the techniques that they use. And I was reading this morning that they actually, somehow they found out that they still had um, the uh, some dresses and like clothes from episode four and episode five, and they actually put that in nice. the movie. So it's very, I really want to see how this movie came to be. Hmm. Um, and also uh, I want to see like, why did they do some reshoots and what was the thing behind that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's a very interesting movie, and uh, I'm I'm very happy that it got made. Yeah. I really was I, happy. I'll always put Jedi first, and then Empire. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I would say Seven, A New Hope, and then this movie fits at that uncomfortable fifth. Will you put it as a separate thing, or would you? I I want to look at the Star Wars series as. A separate, so I don't want to include them in the main line yeah. because we know there's more on the way. Yeah. Mm. And so, if I'm going to compare it to any movies, it'll be like the Han Solo movie that comes out okay. or whatever the next movie so is. So, you don't think if you are thinking about this movie, you don't think you put it next to like, like you're like the analogy. The movie that you will put it, put it against is episode seven, or the movie that you put it against is episode four. The movie, I mean, to watch, like a no, like series? like if you're like, oh, how to- do I know if I watch if I like this movie? Do you put it against the original trilogy? Do you put it against four? Do you put it against seven? I mean, I you put it against. I mean, you put it against like whatever Star Wars movies that like connect to you. Yeah. And so, to me, Return of Jedi is always going to be my number one. Uh, and so I'll compare every other Star Wars movie to Do that, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also to me, and I'll go into like my kind of overall impressions and grades because uh, I I am that person that you know quite frankly quite freak freak uh, quite frankly there we go um, I like this movie more than the original sort of trailers uh, original sort of trilogy like one of the original trilogies all the original trilogies yeah. I like it I like yeah. it more than that and like the biggest reason why I do is because my biggest issue that I had and this is why I loved seven. And this is obviously another part that I loved four, but it, it carried more weight in seven. Was yeah, in episode four, yeah, in episode four we see Obi Wan dies, but we don't know who this dude is honestly. In episode seven we see Han Solo dies. That's a huge, huge like oh you're tearing my heart out sort of thing. And yeah. I, I had more appreciation for. If if what I believe what they're doing kind of out with the old in with the new, I have a theory. I know blue it sliced my theories. I have a theory that we're going to see the Millennium Falcon get torn apart and completely destroyed at one point. And when that happens, I'm going to be so excited because a ship should not last that long, and it at one point it needs to go. Yeah. Like these characters, who's an outlaw, you need to go at some point. It has to happen. To make and, room for the new... Well, no. Yeah. Not, not even to make room. That's just... make It makes yeah. sense. If you're in a war, generals die. Captains die. Sergeants, presidents, whatever you name it, that's just part of life and that's just part of war. Um, and so the reason why I like this movie is that it really talks about that, that moment of... At least I... Uh, uh, as to my understanding, going into this movie, I knew they all were going to die. 
So I wanted to know what the journey up to that one, and they made that choice of, hey, this entire squadron is going to die and get killed by somehow, and a lot of people are going to sacrifice their lives for a, uh, a larger sort of, um, a bigger picture. So that's why I appreciated it more. Also to the fact that they use this, uh, I'm not a religious person at all, but I know we're all pretty spiritual in some particular kind of category. Some of us are religious, obviously, but they're also using this weird, mysterious kind of force power as this new belief that they can just, you can trust this. And that's like a huge kind of motivational or it's this weird thing of, especially it talks really, it speaks to what I'm going through in just my life of, well, this year for everybody, it was awful. So what, why even live basically, mm -hmm. right? And 2016 has been terrible. The, the beautiful amount of people that has passed away. But then at the same time, you look at it as, well, there's, there's, there's hope. Well, I know. Sorry, Eric. But uh, there, there is there is a reason why you want to live. There's this some magical force, some positive, some weird spirit that's tr like driving you to go to the day to day to day to have a smile on the face and say that yeah, you can believe in this to do anything. So this is why this movie resonated to me. This my my grade for this movie is an A plus. Not not because of all the stuff personally, but what they put into the movie, even to the point where they didn't focus on like a love scene or a weak character or you know a man's always saving a woman. Like it was all over the place, and they use a lot of diverse things in this, and they took some stuff that worked from episode seven that I really love. Of hey, the a lot of people are gonna die. Someone's gonna be awesome. Someone's gonna be super brief. But it's an entire spectrum of it. But like those war novels and those video games that where I'm talking about, that happens. And as much as that sucks, all these Star Wars is supposed to be a Star War, but nobody ever dies unless a few people. This movie completely flips the script a little bit and says, well, a lot of people actually died in a brutal fashion. And yeah. it was awful. It was tough to watch. We love it because it's like, yeah. But at the same time, you take a step back, you're like... I don't know if I want my son or daughter to watch that final sequence with Vader sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's why I love the movie because it makes me, it's all over the place and it really makes me believe in, hey, they can they can tell a story. And I, I really love um, what they're trying to do. I'll make it brief. Uh, I thought it was an A+. Plus. I, I'm one of those sub-Empire people. Um, Jedi was my favorite movie growing up, uh, like Brown was saying. Uh, that got surpassed when I got older. Um, uh, I think Rogue One is on par with Jedi. Uh, it's incredible. It's a journey. Um, honestly, it made me more excited about this. I think that Star Wars has been established as a certain archetype. And I think that Episode 8 and 9 will follow those archetypes. I'm really excited, much like what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done, where they're all related as superhero films, but they, you know... Iron Man's a, a traditional superhero. Thor's this mystical thing. Uh, Captain America is like a political thriller. I think that they can really do that with these movies in that you can have episodes coming out every other year that are Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and then play a war movie, maybe a buddy cop movie for the Han Solo, Boba Fett's something completely different. We might that's see like... That's the third one? Oh, that's Maybe, right. maybe. Oh, it's not officially convinced. like... Okay. But like you could see, you could potentially see your first horror movie set in a Star Wars. You could see your first true comedy set in Star Wars. And you could, I think that it really switched my opinions on what these do and that they can actually take chances and do other weird projects that are just vaguely related to the same universe. 
And which are one reason why I love they didn't do the opening crawl because it wasn't an episode. It was truly another part of the same universe. Oh, yeah. I can't and, wait to see the story of the Rancor and his owner. Oh my god, that Batman <laughs> is the best. <laughs> it's gonna be like uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah, oh, it's like a but but seriously, it was it was an A plus. Uh, when uh, the CGI Carrie Fisher turned around, I was a little kid again, and it's a feeling that you really. As someone who's pushing thirty, I guess I'm on the I'm on the young end of this room, but I feel yeah. old. Um, yeah, you look old. I know it's I've been beaten down. I feel <laughs> like. uh, but you know, like I haven't I haven't felt like twenty years ago. Since in twenty years, like there's no other movie out there that has made me feel this young. Even even episode seven, even Civil War. I, I was I wasn't into comic books as a kid. Ah, fair. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, there was no other movie that made me feel this young, and it was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Cool. Derek. Um. So there's there's a moment um they were alluding to earlier where uh, they talk about uh, being one with the force, and I like how this movie actually moves Star Wars along, um, not in terms of story, but in terms of a series. Um. So the force is what's guiding the entire saga, essentially. And you see that happen where people are surrendering to it, like you say, like in a spiritual manner. Um, it's guiding these people to uh, essentially bring balance again, um, where you know, evil isn't reigning again. Um, and uh, I like how it moves that along um, because you sort of forget, like, hey, the Force is in charge here, um, despite what's going on on the, the battleground here. Really love that. Um, I agree with Mike. I want Star Wars movies to be fun. Um, I want them to to make me feel happy. I cried uh, about how happy this this made me feel afterwards. Um, so uh, I loved how it moved it along um, uh, as a series with with the effects, its experimentation, and its energy. Um, I actually. Um, like it a tad bit better than The Force Awakens. Um, so, um, because I just like, I just, I just want it to be fun. Um, so, uh, the positives more than outweigh all the small things. Um, uh, I give it an A plus. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you all. We have made it to our ending final remarks episode of the Rogue One. Rouge One. Star- Rouge One, that's correct. Rogue <laughs> One, the Star Wars story. So I want to say thank you to our beautiful first time ever Skype guest, Derek Sung. Thank you so much, Derek, Woo-hoo. for calling us because it's super late I mean, here. It's 1 a.m. here. So <laughs> <laughs> so we're all about to go uh, pass out. But uh, um, I would say thank you so much, Derek. Where where can we find more of your work in, on Twitter and who are you and how can yeah, we find totally. more about you? Um, Follow us at, at friendswblends on Twitter um, or friendswithblends.com. Uh, me, Warren, and Meng will share our thoughts on blends, um, the, the best wine. And uh, not just blends, but all wines there. Uh, hit us up. Yeah. Cool. Gary, Oh, no, I just wanted to say, is Derek in the future or in the past right now? He's in the past. He's in the past. He's in the past. That's right. Uh, no, I don't care about Twitter or Facebook. It's just text Warren for me. No, don't text, <laughs> no. Don't text me at all. But thank you so but much. But it was great being here. Thank you so much for coming. I again. didn't do Force Awakens, so I'm, I'm 
Well, we'll, we'll talk about it as well. And I'll mention a couple things. Uh, Mike. Um, yeah, if you want, you can sign up for Jesse Rand's bondage camp at Jesse Rand's <laughs> <laughs> bondage camp at ymail.com. Uh, <laughs> ymail. Is no, so you, 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 uh, 163.com. Uh, yeah, so so reach, please reach out to, it's not me, it's Jesse, uh, but he's not here to give out his contact information. So I figured do that for him. Uh, but you can check me out. I have uh, a little group of people um, that we play music together that no one else will ever listen to. Uh, but oh, it's called, do your thing. Yeah, it's called Maya News. Yeah. Um, it's getting bigger every day. We're really stretching our influence. Nah. Um, you can check us out on Bandcamp, mayanewsmusic.bandcamp.com. We have a uh, EP out there. It's all right. Cool. Brother? Uh, you can find me um, saying good things and bad things about everything at the same time. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> at Braland on Twitter. It's B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, Warren might get into this a little bit, but send us money. We want to do cool things for y'all. Yeah. Uh, and I'll kind of go on that stuff here. You can find me all over the place. Uh, with this actual kind of podcast here, I do post with uh, at Friends with Blends like Derek was talking about. Um, we do have an email, downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Our live Twitter is at underscore D-I-F-P, at underscore downinfrontpodcast. We have a Reddit. We use it a little bit, uh, downinfrontreddit.com. And we just actually opened up our brand new Patreon, which is awesome. Uh, and we're going to be signing up with a lot of different goals. We actually already have two goals on there that one of our co-hosts, Kyle, is going to dye his beard black, which I'm real excited about as well. So. Real red. He's a real ginger. It was. Yeah. It's awesome. So if we can get up to that particular kind of goal, he will. He has agreed to dye actually all his hair black. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Are you gonna double check? Uh, I will. I'll definitely. I'll definitely double check. His beard, right? This is talking about his beard, right? Um, and then uh, we do have a Facebook. So we do have a Facebook page. I think it's Facebook.com/slash um, uh, at fr- Friends with Blends and at Down in Front Podcast. Dang it, Derek. We're on the wrong podcast. We're on Stitcher. Uh, and then I will say just thank you so much for kind of listening. I know it's super late. We're going to have this out. Um, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about a, probably a particular kind of recap in 2016. If not, we'll see you in 2017. And uh, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye Derek. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Derek. Well, Derek, Bye. don't go. We need to talk like this an hour more. <laughs> <laughs>